Wings from the Devil's Dexter, a podcast for the esoteric and strange. Do we want to talk about popcorn first? Yeah, let's do like a palate cleanser literally at the top and then we'll turn to the dark shit. Yeah. So listen, let me let me pull up the uh, pin I have here. Yes, I use Pinterest. A lot of people make fun of me because they think it's archaic and old and whatever, but I thrive on inspiration, hence why. I love Pinterest. It's kind of like window shopping for ideas. It's, it's <laughs> definitely window shopping. One of my boards is called Wonderlust, and it's just like photos from around the world of different places we can go to. Yeah. <laughs> but so I found this thing. It's five-minute homemade stovetop popcorn by Fork in the Kitchen. Mm. And it's a very fun website. She's got a great drink section, like cocktails, and they're like uber fancy and her photography is on point. But I was just looking at popcorn because I I have some and it has avocado oil and it feels healthier. Yeah. (laughs) Quote unquote. (laughs) And I was just trying to find a way to spice it up a little bit. I didn't realize that making popcorn is a goddamn art and I was doing it all wrong. So step by step, there's like photos and instructions and everything. There's also a difference between different types of popcorn. Like there's Hmm. white corn and yellow corn. White corn, it'll literally look white. You know, the the smart pop, like the black bag with the cheddar popcorn in it. It'll be like pure white in color and it is softer than regular popcorn. It doesn't have like a really strong structure. So it kind of melts in your mouth. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that, but that's why movie theater popcorn, you're getting yellow kernels. Interesting. It has better structure. Are white kernels, is white popcorn either or both healthier and more expensive? I think nutritionally, it might be the same. Okay. But money-wise, I don't know. I actually haven't looked into that. I have to imagine if theaters are using yellow, I have to imagine if there's a cost difference, that's the cheaper one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it already starts you off visually with that butter thought. That's true. Because it does appear yellow. Interesting. So basically what she said is you want to start off with oil in your pan and three kernels. Okay. Just three. Just three. So as far as the oil goes... She does recommend using refined coconut oil okay? because refined goes through more than one process. It takes out that coconut flavor, but if you're Mm. fine with it, you can get unrefined and it'll have like a slightly coconutty flavor and a little bit of sweetness. If you're making kettle corn or something like that, you could probably go with that and be totally fine. Mm. But she recommends that or ghee. She said that also will give it that butter flavor and you don't need as much of it compared to butter like to pour on it at the end yeah pretty dope also i'm like super partial to avocado oil it's not a seed oil and it has a really high smoke point so you can cook things in it at a really high temperature and it won't burn oh yeah so i would probably do it with that if i don't have the other ones on yeah you put three kernels in it and you heat up your pan when they pop that's when you dump the rest of the kernels in so that it pops immediately so it reduces probably burning and yeah so how i was making it before i thought it was fine i would just wait for the oil to heat up but i would put my kernels in first and then let it pop on its own and it seemed fine tastes great whatever but if you throw in your kernels after those first initial three pop 
you take it off the heat, swish it side to side to coat all of the kernels, put it back directly on the heat, it will pop instantly. And you will not have any kernels left over. See, that for me is a big thing because that tweaks me when there's, <laughs> when there's, and especially in like bags because they're all different. Yes. They all cook differently. Microwaves all cook differently. And like trying to reach a level <laughs> where you don't burn the popcorn, but there aren't a bunch of kernels left over yep. is like a massive source of stress for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it is stressful. And it's also disappointing because you're like, oh, the potential. I yeah, need to all the wasted these. potential. Exactly. <laughs> when you're popping, you have the lid on. And then when it's about halfway to three quarters of the way full in your pot, and I have a stainless steel pot, that's what I use. You kind of move the lid and give it some air. That way, all that moisture can kind of escape. Otherwise, yeah. your popcorn's going to be soggy. Ooh. Yeah. So then after you're done, take it off the heat, obviously get a bowl. And how I like to spice things up and she recommended it too, is if you have any toppings, you can put a layer in your bowl, throw some toppings over it, put another layer. And that way it's all distributed evenly. Yeah. And then you can also heat up some ghee or butter and pour that over the top, mix it up with like a, you know, yeah. a spatula because you don't want to crush everything or a or a, a big spoon <laughs> and then just some salt of some kind like very fine salt interesting yeah and i like to do sea salt yeah i enjoy a very simple popcorn yeah. just like just a little bit of salt yeah just doesn't as have to is. be crazy my mom when i was a kid made this very good i guess it was caramel popcorn she would make caramel and i can't remember if she'd make legitimate car like if she would like boil homemade boil sugar. the sugar and water it's possible that's how she i mean my mom is one of the things that she studied in school was home nutrition so like she was oh. very and she wanted to be a, a chef for a while amongst other things and amongst everything amongst literally everything yeah i, I am my mother's <laughs> child um oh my god you are i know i the older i get the more i realize it and i mean it's great in a lot of ways and it's also <laughs> <laughs> terrifying you're just um, like ellsworth with many other functions yeah it's just like there's you know what hat are you gonna be obsessed with wearing today and what current thing do you need to know everything about you um, need a walk-in closet with like a hundred fucking hats and you just go in every day <laughs> and you're like hmm. <laughs> <laughs> today i am the candle nerd <laughs> soy only <laughs> <laughs> but she would make caramel popcorn basically and it was so good and i don't usually like sweet popcorn like i hate kettle corn i think it's disgusting it is sickly sweet yeah sometimes just not my thing but this popcorn i mean basically it was kind of like popcorn balls but not quite it was very oh, good love a good popcorn ball I yeah one of those in a while you know yeah i can't remember the last time there's also another thing that she used to make that we'll have to try this sometime because it's two ingredients it's sesame seeds and honey what? You put them in a blender until it's a paste. You paste it into balls and you put it in the fridge. <gasps> mm, that shit is good. That sounds like a like a little Powerball thing. That's you like know? that's the candy that like I grew a up with. Food is oh. like just like not candy candy. I mean, definitely a lot of sugar in it, but like that sounds really good. Though. It was deli, and it, the texture was really like almost sandy, but like in a tasty way. Kind of like I would eat dirt. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I have. It's not as good as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> another fun fact about ellsworth <laughs> i have also eaten uh dog food cat food fish food there's this really delicious kelp that they put in cattle grain during the winter Ooh. that shit's delicious if you like eating seaweed Ooh. it's just salty it's just it's that basically Love that's nori. delicious llama food they make these pellets those are not good 
um bird <laughs> food <laughs> i'm just you know i want to know i gotta i gotta try well, it if all. they're eating it it must be good right it usually isn't <laughs> <laughs> well why do they put the kelp in their feed during the winter it must give them some it's type a vitamin of thing or a supplementation thing i don't remember it was explained to me but it was 15 years ago i don't i don't remember yeah um i'm just thinking about like is it something they're lacking from the sun <laughs> i think it might be or maybe from this was on a dairy farm that was what I call happy cows. So these farmers had 300 acres and, you know, their head would flock of cattle or whatever. It would just be in different fields throughout the summer. So they got to graze and eat whatever they wanted to eat. So I'm guessing that whatever they're getting maybe from the grass and like living plants outside, they don't get in the winter. Oh. That's just a guess though. I honestly, you know what, while we're talking, I'm just going to Google it because all I remember is that... We would like in the morning as my best friend in middle school, we'd get up and, and we'd go feed the cows and we would like sprinkle this kelp or whatever in. And then we would like be feeding pinches of it to ourselves. <laughs> um, so I think it funny. was kelp. It sounds like they were literally happy cows. They were, yeah, they, they were cush like life. super, just all of the animals on this. I mean, this was the milk from these cows went to, it's an organic milk company, a very popular one. Is it something Valley? Yes. Oh, um, or hid- nature's valley or Na- no hidden valley <laughs> i don't know but yeah it went to like a <laughs> very a like a very um okay so yeah kelp is rich in minerals especially iodine they feed it to grass-fed cows which is what these cows were because hmm. yeah but another interesting thing about cows and this is not something i have personally tested out because i'm grubby but i'm not this grubby <laughs> um grubby. i don't know like you've stepped on a nail before right like oh yeah yeah so- i've stepped on a dead bee and it its stinger went through oh, my Oh, that's just bad luck. <laughs> my sister told me to step on the doormat when I was a kid. I was like five and she was six. We're, we're like Beep. twins. Well, we're a year and a month apart. Yeah. Um, Is that what that is? I think so. I think so. Something like yeah. that. I don't know what, yeah. where that name came from. Is that derogatory in any way? <laughs> right, we'll Google that too because I'm, I'm curious. I am. Beep. Does that make it better? No, I mean, probably not. I, mean, I guess it's... <laughs> It doesn't look like it's derogatory. Uh, um, it's like oh, saying- wait, no. It Okay. According to Wiktionary. Wiktionary? Um, Wiktionary, it says, noun. Beep. Twin. Plural. Beep. Twins. Rare. Slang. Offensive. What? <laughs> um, it is either a pair of siblings born less than 12 months apart. Oh. Um, oh, or never bo- mind. Or born within the same calendar or school year. Okay. So we're not. Beep. But you're very close to it. <laughs> Um, it's because, so it is, it is considered offensive because it originated in the 1800s as a way to poke fun at the Irish Catholic immigrant families who didn't have access to birth control. Oh my God. That's fucking horrific. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We might not include this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I feel more, you know, funny. well, it's, uh, there's an, uh, speaking of like terms that should be banished from people's vocabulary and for whatever reason aren't, I use this thesaurus app, yeah. which is literally called the thesaurus app. I use it when I'm writing. You it's called thesaurus. Thesaurus? Thesaurus. I could be mispronouncing it. I mispronounce a lot of words. Thesaurus. <laughs> well, it's called Power the. Power Thesaurus. Thesaurus. All right, hang on. No, well, you're gonna so how, cute. How do you. <laughs> this is what happens when you learn all your words by reading them and you don't know what they're supposed to sound like. Aww. <laughs> I don't also, even know how to spell Thesaurus now. Like just Thesaurus. Thesaurus. What did I say? Thesaurus. It was thesaurus. Yep. Okay. Power thesaurus. Yeah. And I typed in grudging because I wanted a word like someone looked at someone grudgingly. I'm going to show you the first word that pops up when you type in grudging. 
Are so you it is a term me? that is extremely offensive, extremely racist. You guys, a term that I won't not even spell out, but it starts with an N, and I think you can figure out the rest. Yeah, it's it's that word. It's that word. Are you kidding it's me? It's that word, and it's actively what? being suggested. Like I feel like yes, it's a word. Yes, it is in the dictionary, and I don't think it should be erased from the dictionary because, like, we need to know the history of things. Yeah, but I don't think it should be the number one thing recommended under grudging and envious. No, it should be the. It shouldn't be included at all. I don't. Yeah, exactly. If it's going to be included, it needs to be the last fucking thing. But there is no reason that should be there. And like, what if I was, what uh, what if I was someone who had moved to the United States and I'm English second language and I don't know the history of that word and I'm trying to write something professional or something. And then I look up a thesaurus because I don't know what the right word to use is. And I see that word and I use it because I don't know. That's why it shouldn't be suggested because there are people who might not know the background. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Wow. The more you fucking know, I guess. Yeah. I downvoted it because it like allows you to review their suggestions. And then the app crashed and wouldn't like I had to delete it, restart my phone and redownload it. It got offended that I was offended by that word. (laughs) So moving along, fucking (laughs) power thesaurus. thesaurus. (laughs) But yeah, my sister, she um, told me to step on the doormat. Did she know the bee was there? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Gotta love siblings. I mean, I know she hated me from the day she met me. Like, I came home from the hospital. She just cried. <laughs> oh, that's so terrible. Oh, we're cool now. Okay. She's... My my sister's fucking rad. Oh, I guess that, like, that's not uncommon with siblings close in age. Like, mm. they're either usually really tight or, like... She's, like, the most perfect person. She's an incredible cook. I hate her husband because he gets all the really good food. She knows how to make popcorn. Yeah. She probably knew about how to make popcorn. I'm the bitch that didn't. Yeah. And she works in and still to this day can't tell me what her job is. That's pretty badass. She has to pull out a little handbook from her back pocket and read me a sentence. And I'm like, fuck off. That's very cool, though. Very cool. I think she's happier in what she's doing now because she's done some wild shit. Yeah. Yeah. Good supposedly i don't know (laughs) allegedly allegedly (laughs) oh so if you step on a nail Mm. um and i have oh yeah sorry derailed this fucking train my bad i grew up very barefoot i spent the majority of my childhood barefoot i have had nails go all the way through um on many occasions yeah you would think i would learn but i don't but my feet were so calloused during the summers as a kid like i could step on thistles and i wouldn't notice i just had basically little hooves from running around barefoot all the the time and being homeschooled i was outside all the time you walk around it sounds like horseshoes I was like like very thick cat like you know people shave that shit off now no if you're a barefoot person you want that that's there for a purpose and I didn't have like the heel callus you get from shoes it was the bottom of my foot was a rock very benefit and the springtime sucked though because you wear boots all winter and then in the springtime you got to readjust your feet and walking on gravel sucks yeah yeah Ugh. but so old wives tale allegedly effective I have not tried this my grandfather swears by it if you step on a nail and usually if you're stepping on a nail around the farm, there's a good chance it's a rusty nail. Yep. And if you don't have a tetanus shot for whatever reason, maybe you don't have a tetanus shot because your parents are faith healers, um, <laughs> you step in a cow pie and that prevents it from turning into tetanus. And what? I have not done this because I don't want cow pie in my wound. But according to my grandfather, it is an effective preventative method. Well, so that's interesting. I don't know. I think I was talking with the man upstairs about this recently or something, but cow pies, when they dry, 
you can't even smell them. No, all yeah. it is it's is wood feed. Chip. It's a wood chip. Yeah, yeah, basically. And you can use it for fire. Yeah. In the desert, a lot of people would use things like, and now I'm saying this and I don't remember where I got the source, so I could just be talking out of my ass, but people would use like camel poop and stuff to build fires at nighttime if they're traveling through the desert because there's no wood, obviously, because right. there's no forests. That's so interesting. Yep. Huh. Well, and it kind of smells grassy because I mean, it's basically, it's just hay. So it's yeah. not, it's not stinky when right. you burn it. Or when you shove it into or your foothole. Or when you hole. step on, yeah, when you put it into your open wound. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's fucking gnarly. Yeah. Well, I hope I never have to find out. No. Yeah. If there's an apocalypse, don't put your wounds in cow shit. Unless it's Unless it's your resort. only option. <laughs> I don't know. Burn it or something. Just like, I feel like there are other methods to I would just cauterize the fuck out of it yeah. after cleaning it out. If I, it, have, I mean, if it was that bad. I think it's lamb's ear, possibly. What? Um, There's some... There is a, a plant. There's a plant what? that you grind up. I did used to do this as a kid. And I, if I saw it, I'd know what it was, but I don't remember what it's called. But there's a plant that grows around up here. And if you injure yourself and it's having a hard time stemming the bleeding, you chew this plant up and it helps the blood like clot basically. And you just like put it on the on the wound. Don't remember what it's called. And I guess I haven't looked it up. So it's entirely possible that maybe it was just the pressure that stopped it from bleeding. No, but, but it's possible that the plant has coagulant qualities. Yeah. I'll look it up. I don't remember. I want to say it's lamb's ear, but I don't think that was it because lamb's ear is very fuzzy and I don't remember it being fuzzy. Oh, you know what? I think it's yarrow. Does yarrow grow up here? I always called it Queen Anne's Lace. Um, oh, yeah. I know this, what you're talking about. Queen Anne's Lace. Yeah. That's what it... Yeah. Yeah. So there's different things that have that like multi-white flower and this is not the one that looks... So there's like ones that are like a thicker lace and ones that are a thinner lace. This is not the thinner laced one. It's the thicker laced one. There is another plant that looks exactly like that. And I do not know why I know this knowledge, but where all of the stems come, it looks like a little tiny bed of white flowers and yeah. they all connect at this like nexus point. It looks like lace. Yeah. yeah, it looks like lace. And at this little nexus point, it either has leaves or it doesn't. And one of them is poisonous, I believe. Yes. And I don't remember what it's called. No, but, but it's, it looks almost identical to it. It's extremely dangerous. Like they warn about like even touching it can can give you blisters and stuff. Ugh. I don't remember what it's called. I don't know. Where does this knowledge come um, from? It's <laughs> useful knowledge, but it's not entirely useful. You don't know what the plan is. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh. Yeah. Yero is known to stop bleeding and helps avoid infection on an open wound. You make a paste by washing and crushing the leaves and flowers of the plant. Huh. Very cool. If you're like playing outside and you catch yourself on like barbed wire or something, you just chew up the plant and you just like slap it on there and then keep playing outside. See, I'm more apt to try that than I am the cow pie situation. Yeah. I'm not putting my hand in shit. I just, also, I'm not there like, yet. What if there isn't a fresh pie? Actually, I'd rather use a dried up pie. I think it has to be fresh. Uh, what I if you ground it, it up and put water in it? That's disgusting. <laughs> Why am I Rehydrate your this? shit? Yeah. <laughs> it's an MRE. <laughs> I wonder if there's any nutritional value, but I'm not looking that up. No. <laughs> Looks like yarrow, but is poisonous so funny this is i'm sure this conversation is not interesting to anyone but us but hemlock obviously hemlock. Well, i don't know why the fuck i didn't think of hemlock uh hemlock's um, such a cool word only because of its connotation I yeah think. yeah but yeah so hemlock looks like yarrow yeah so it's, it's kind of like you described like the queen anne's lace and yarrow they come from the same sprouts from the same stem yeah versus hemlock they're kind of more separated they're like little clusters of white flowers Oh, I see the difference. Yeah. Um, I don't, I didn't know hemlock was poisonous when you touched it. I don't know where I got that in my head though. I might be thinking of another, does hemlock, yeah, simply touching the plant will make you sick. So it is hemlock. Yeah. And it looks a lot like yarrow. Don't chew that shit up. 
that would probably not make <laughs> you imagine? better oh god now i don't think i would risk it because i could probably be panicking yeah and, and just, just like, like <laughs> rip it up shoving poison into it. your mouth yeah <laughs> and not even like <laughs> there's another really like poisonous plant that i haven't seen up here but it, i don't remember what it's called it's another like very commonly known poisonous plant i don't think it's nightshade um but it has dark black blueberries and red stems it's called pokeweed pokeweed so yeah i think it's pokeweed we also have poison sumac a lot of poison sumac in so, the rural areas around here fun fact there are two different types of sumac oh the one with red leaves not red in the fall red during the summer red all the time oh. that's poison the one with the green leaves that has the little red flowers those um, are okay those are okay and you can actually make lemonade out of the flowers and i, oh I do God. it's delicious it's really so, common in in like arabic yeah. nations growing up when i was um a teenager the entire woods behind the house it was all that kind of sumac yeah. with the little soft things yeah they were so cool but i was scared of them yeah i, I grew I up didn't scared know. of them too because my mom was like don't touch those those are really poisonous like if you touch them you'll get blisters i thought your mom knew everything yeah i thought so too and i even <laughs> climbed one once because i was stupid and i didn't care that i was told that if you touched it you get poison blisters and nothing happened and i was like oh i guess i'm not allergic to it because i just assumed it was like poison ivy but no it turns out i've started like when i go on walks in the fall up here i will collect them you have to collect them before the rain so what you can do is you can actually oh. test the berries and if it has a like a sourish flavor it's good if it doesn't taste like anything it means it's been rained on and you lose the flavor you can oh. co collect those and you can make drinks out of it and it's um that's so cool yeah. like hot drinks or cold drinks probably either the article i read compared it to lemonade that's I, cool yeah yeah are they sweet at all I would add things to it. It's, it is kind of like a sour, it tastes like a plant. It's very kind of sour, bitter. I thought it was fun to like <laughs> consume. I don't know. I think that's fucking rad. Yeah. That book I was talking about, it's on the website called tamedwild.com and it's just a magical herbs Ooh, book. That's cool. Yeah. And it's like a little pocket guy. Very cute. One of the excerpts on it is about mugwort and it gives you like aliases. So sailor's tobacco or crane wart underneath it it has like signs mystical yeah. signs so earth element moon and feminine hmm. and it says perhaps one of the most famous dreamtime herbs mugwort acts as a powerful guide into our subconscious and can be used for lucid dreaming or astral travel i believe mugwort is in that down the rabbit hole tea that i shared with you guys yes probably yeah, yeah that website they actually have their own branded teas and one of them is for lucid dreaming that's awesome i have not found them to affect my dreams too much but i think that if you are already someone who has extremely vivid and lucid dreams it's hard to expand upon that without maybe harder things picking up what i'm putting down can we make harder herbs a thing yeah. <laughs> you have to be very careful though because th there are some that look like the ones that give you fun time but actually what they do is they destroy your liver very oh. quickly you could eat one or two of them and your liver is toast i'm talking about mushrooms be very careful if you eat the wrong mushroom Donzo. My beep is a nurse at one of the biggest hospitals in beep. And he said he had like three guys or so come in who had consumed wildly foraged some mushrooms. And I think he said all of them needed liver transplants, like oh, per permanent damage. My God. And one of the guys only had like one or two. Wait, these weren't like 
supposed to be fun shrooms. They were. That, so like you need oh. to be like, if you are someone who's into dabbling with the fun shrooms and there's nothing wrong with that. No. Um, not that we're condoning any illicit or illegal activities. No. We're not. <sighs> but if you are to do that and you are someone who does that, you need to be very, very careful and you need to know what you're looking for, especially if you're foraging for it because there are mushrooms that look a lot like the fun kind mushrooms and they're actually cirrhosis of the liver. You're going to die mushrooms and it takes very, very little to that's put terrifying. you on the transplant list even if you're completely healthy wow well and then also think about how fucking hard it is to get on the list and the wait time there's another one actually I, I, an article i read when when he was telling me about it i thought that's who he was talking about a mother and her son went foraging not thinking fun time mushrooms thinking just dinner time mushrooms yeah made dinner it was the wrong kind of mushrooms in the hospital permanent damage barely survived needing liver transplants that is awful Wow. It's, it's so fascinating, like the, the variety of mushrooms. And again, you know, also interesting that we share more DNA with mushrooms than we do with almost anything else. You're the mushroom. Yeah. Shroom. Born of the mushrooms. <laughs> Super interesting. But yeah. Be, yeah, if you're a forager, mushrooms are fantastic. I'm all about it. Know your shit. Be very careful. They can kill you with very little effort. That's really scary. You got to know what's safe and what isn't. And if you're not sure, don't eat that shit. Just not worth it. Even berry picking. You got to make sure you're not picking fucking crazy ass berries. Poison Betty. Poison (laughs) Betty. Yeah. There are a lot of mimicking plants that look like something that you can consume, like yarrow versus hemlock. You pay attention to that shit. And if you don't know, don't do it. Fucking scary, man. Yeah. Well, as a quick aside about mushrooms, did you know that there's such things as mushroom coffins? Like... Like you you turn it into a mushroom. No, it's made from mushrooms. Like I believe the root, they take that root and they grow it in a box shape. And that is what you can be placed in, in the ground. That's got to be a giant ass fucking mushroom. Yeah. Oh my God. I want to live in a mushroom. That's my goal. I don't think it is a giant ass mushroom. I think it's um, like many. Do they call it mycelium or something? It's like very The Last of Us vibes. Yeah, I was just thinking like, this kind of sounds like maybe something that we shouldn't be fucking with. (laughs) It's going to fucking take over. I've been watching that shit. I don't want to have to survive mushroom humans. You guys, if you haven't started watching The Last of Us, get fucking on it. It is so good. Carry a box of tissues. And if if you liked the games, I think you will like the show. They were doing a good job being faithful to it. There are people who do necessarily disagree. Spoiler alert, people who think that Bill was not gay. He was. In yes, the games, you can literally see he has like Hustler magazine or whatever it's called. Yep. And he talks about the man being his partner. I think that was just great attention to detail because that entire episode, I was like, wow, fucking kudos, you guys. They did such a good job. And it was a really gut wrenching episode. What made it worse? I didn't see any spoilers, but beforehand, I did see a lot of people saying this episode broke my heart. Yeah. So before anything bad had happened, I knew something bad was going to happen and I guessed what it might've been. And I was sobbing the whole time. I was like, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. The bad thing was less heartbreaking than I expected it to be still gut wrenching, heartbreaking, but not as I thought it was going to be a violent heartbreaking thing. And instead it was like a more like real life shit sucks. You can't avoid things. It's not always zombies that kill you in the apocalypse kind of thing. And that was the good reminder about it is that it was a real life situation that would have happened regardless of their current circumstances. Yeah. And it was going to happen no matter what. And they didn't believe that there was anything they could really do anyway, no matter whether they were living in modern society with medicine. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was never afraid until you came into my life. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that on oh, my heart right now. Doesn't that say it all? I will oh. never emotionally recover. And then part of me was like looking at John like, you don't say that to me. <laughs> Although we were watching the, the trailer for Knock at the Cabin. And this isn't a spoiler if you've seen the trailer because the trailer is pretty honest about what the plot of the movie is. The plot of the movie. All of them fucking are nowadays. It's, they yeah, give you all know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So the plot of the movie is that there is this, um, these two husbands and their daughter and these people break into their cabin and say, you have to pick one of you to die in order to stop the apocalypse. And so just watching a trailer with my husband and i was like that sucks like i would pick myself there's no other option like yeah. i wouldn't pick my child or my spouse no. and no option and <laughs> this is so sweet he loves me so much um and also very twisted he, he looked at me and he goes no fuck that we're killing the kid i can't make another kid with you i can't make another you <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that's so romantic and very fucked up <laughs> that is darkly romantic oh he does I love me <laughs> god damn it john the prophet does it again yep. he's very like pragmatic about everything yeah i think in practice i don't think it would be like that easy of a decision for in him i don't think he'd make the decision yeah. but it was a very sweet thing for him to say do you ever have those intrusive thoughts of like i mean especially nowadays active shooter at a school active shooter at a hospital whatever do you ever think about well i guess it's gonna be me all the time I'm, i would rather it be me than everyone else all the time i yeah. think about what i could use and this is like maybe this is just an anxiety thing but like whenever i'm in, a, in an area i think of two things well i guess several things what i could use as a weapon what in the room would be usable as a weapon what would be usable in the room to either hide behind or barricade the door with yep and what could be used as a tourniquet that's uh usually what I daydream about. Me too. It's like, like, like what, how what, am I gonna survive if this happens yeah. or if that happens? Who am I going to save first and how like I think about it all the time and like my office is in a situation where like I'm at the end of a hallway. Mm -hmm. There are exits on both sides. Like I could get down the fire escape. I was just gonna say, like, wait a second, are you like cornered at the end i'm pretty sure the fire escape is functional but it is also a building that was built like 200 years ago and there's a good chance it's not but i'm pretty sure i have an escape i don't this have a window town. though so like if i exit my office and there is an active shooter down the hallway like i am open fishing so oh. i think all the time about like what i would do and where i would hide and how i would behave with someone to disarm them i'm not going to share that just in case is an active shooter listening and preparing. Yeah, and also, <laughs> but, fuck you. <laughs> but I know I know what I would do, and I also, like, am very, like, cognizant of the level of what you can do to prevent someone from bleeding out while you're waiting for help to come. Because if there's an active shooter situation and they, like, you know, you're bleeding out in a hallway and the police come in to deal with the active shooter, the reality is they're not going to stop and take care of you. They might no. drop a tourniquet by you, but they have one thing that they want to do and they want to stop an active right. shooter. It's not about saving you. It's about saving everyone. Also, great thing. I saw a TikTok the other day by two doctors. I can't remember the name of their channel. They were watching a video of somebody doing a practice tourniquet on a dummy that was spurting blood out of the thigh. So obviously it was an artery. They had a belt and they wrapped the belt around the fake leg or whatever to try to stop it, but it wasn't working. What they said was to tie it around the leg and tie it in a knot, stick something through it, mm -hmm. and then twist. Yeah. That was something I, like, obviously it makes complete fucking sense, but yeah. it's something I never thought about. And what if I was in that situation panicking, didn't know that, 
and just kept like freaking out because yeah. the bleeding wasn't stopping. That's something. Well, that's how you like, stop it. I never thought about until I had my EMT class because when you use a real tourniquet, it's basically there are different kinds of tourniquets, but like a very standard one is like you know the the actual tourniquet and it comes with a stick and so you do that or a rod or whatever, not like a stick stick. You tie it up and you twist. And the thing is, I guess there's like two things to remember when you're using a tourniquet. One being you are not their friend, it's going to fucking hurt. And if yeah. it doesn't fucking hurt, then you're not doing it tight enough. You are cutting off all of the circulation to that part of the body. That is what a tourniquet does. It removes circulation to be sure that <laughs> blood's not circulating out of you. So not to be confused with a phlebotomy tourniquet, <laughs> which yes, <laughs> we're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not, remo- you want some circulation. There. You, you do want circulation. <laughs> you just want the vein to pop up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't be like too gentle because then the vein is not going to expose itself so yeah that kind of thing so an emt tourniquet technique is completely different we are not <laughs> here to basically cut off your circulation drawing blood yeah, so. yeah d- different different types of tourniquets for sure Shit. you definitely like you you want to cut off a circulation you want to put the time that you apply the tourniquet if you have the time to do that because there is a certain amount of time you have before that turns into limb loss at the end of the day (gasps) limb loss is the the better case scenario over death you obviously want to try and prevent that if you can so putting the time on there kind of lets people know how to triage things well so even like with venipuncture phlebotomy if you tie a tourniquet on somebody you are not supposed to leave it on for more than a minute and if you do that like you have to take it off you can cause fatigue like breaking of blood vessels and it'll look like little red dots all over the place have you ever like violently thrown up yeah probably because you said demons come out yeah it's an exorcism so have you ever looked at the skin around your eyes and seen little red dots well i know i have (laughs) or a broken blood vessel in your eye yeah that's what it looks like but just around where the tourniquet is and also it causes crazy discomfort as yeah, well. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I'm extremely vascular. I, to be honest, you could probably draw from me without a tourniquet usually. I look um, at your veins all the time. I'm a very, very veiny person. Can you guess what I do? Because you're wrong. <laughs> you are wrong, actually. It's not what you think. <laughs> Riley's just a vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certifiable. <laughs> Have fun with that. <laughs> it's interesting, the little red dot thing, though. I told you about the dream I had. I have vivid dreams and I had a dream that I was having a nightmare there are reoccurring characters in my nightmares frequently and there was a shadow creature that is frequently in my dreams and I was having a really bad dream and like I was in a very scary situation I there was no way for me to get out and the Wait shadow Vecna <laughs> from Stranger Things I'm not I'm not that far into Stranger Things is oh, that then don't I, you didn't ruin anything I, I'm no a good you have no idea what it. I'm talking about <laughs> I have no it Vecna? was just like a, a human but a shadow oh. and it kind of like unmolded from a wall because I was like scared and trapped in this room oh. and it unmolded. offered its hand and was like I can take you out of this nightmare and so I took its hand and when I woke up in the morning I had what you just described all over my hand and wrist so obviously Wait. I slept funny on my hand okay Ellsworth are you fucking kidding me it freaked me out how old were you in this house? Oh, this was like two weeks ago. What? <laughs> no, that's the free. So when I, when I had the fever, I had very, had like a turbo flu when I had a fever that I was like 106, 107, which if you get a fever that oh. high, go to the hospital, it can kill you. I okay. was hallucinating because my fever was so high and I was seeing shadow things. And I, and because I was hallucinating very sick and in the dark, I was like, oh my God, what if that, like by accepting that thing's hand in my dream, 
I allowed this demon into my life and now it wants to replace John. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not what happened. Obviously I I slept funny on my hand, cut off the circulation, which is why I had those red dots, but it was very freaky because it was only my hand. It wasn't like my wrist or my arm. It was where the creature touched. Okay. I was picturing like hand shaped. No, it was my whole, my whole hand was just covered in those little red dots. And it was the hand that I obviously like in my dream, I like, connected so reality you must have cut off the circulation i must have it's the only thing that makes sense. either that or i touched a fucking demon in my dream i don't know but it was nice to me it like held me and took me out of the scary situation yeah but that's what happens when you summon shit from an ouija board and they say that there is a little girl spirit i've been in this house for like a hundred it was years. scary but it was and a nice pazuzu <laughs> fuck off <laughs> I feel like I'm nice enough that they'd be my friend. <laughs> you are, but I feel like they would take advantage of you. No. <laughs> You're a spiritual doormat. <laughs> 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 okay, enamel pin that says spiritual <laughs> doormat. <laughs> oh, you go on karma, you can have some of mine. <laughs> spooky though i hope i hope i didn't i mean it was a thing i don't specifically recall that exact like visually that being being in previous dreams but I, it was very familiar to me like Did it was something I, the present the presence was very like it had always been there like almost like guardian angel type Ugh. but like darker it like took me out and like protected me from the scary thing and like put me into a different dream and it was fine and totally normal and not me accepting darkness into my life um, I think you fucking did, but you were oh asleep, so it's like, This well. is your dream coming into fruition. It's coming for my soul on my birthday. So, you guys, I had a dream about Ellsworth. I guess so. It wasn't supposed to be. I but, wasn't uh, in the dream directly. No, but it was definitely about her. So, I dreamt that I was in a classroom. There was another girl in there. It was just her and I. And there was a flippy whiteboard, the ones that you can roll out into the middle of the room. And there was nothing on it, actually. But she told me... In 53 days, I will be moving to a new school. And I just kept thinking about how awesome that is because I get to start over. I get to completely transform myself and start anew. Nobody knows me. Yeah. How awesome is that? And it was a good dream. It, it wasn't a nightmare, which I am prone to nightmares. <laughs> Part of that, I think, is because I eat things before bed and that gives me nightmares. Interesting. Yeah. I've done it on purpose, too. <laughs> nightmares are kind of more fun. Like you get like it's like living through a movie or something yeah yeah it is after our first episode we turned off the recording and we were just chatting and i told ellsworth about my dream and i told her about the 53 days from the date that i had that dream and she had a a little bit of a shocker for me well the date that was you know 53 days from that dream was my 30th birthday (laughs) christ it's just weird it's and you looked it up right and there's like things that have to do with with that day and there's a lot of threes involved too like it's 2023 i was born during a, like an hour that had threes in it um my 30th birthday it's during the a third, third month, month. Yeah, there's yeah. just a lot of threes, which is, which <laughs> I looked up. You can share what the, what some of the like things about what that day was. And I'm going to say, so I looked up three angel number. Ooh. Um, the meaning of angel number three is considered the number of the master builder. And it represents divine intervention, guidance, and direction. What? That's very cool. I didn't know that. Number three is believed to be a special message from God for you to be drawn upon your personal inner guidance so that with divine help, you can recognize your own mistakes and learn from them. 
Oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, hopefully it's a good thing. So that date, there's actually several national holidays. It's Manatee Appreciation Day, um, Knights of Columbus Founders Day, Commemoration of Boganda. And this is from a website called nationaltoday.com. And you can just look up all the different national holidays. Little Red Wagon Day (laughs) is fucking cute. Martyrs Day in Madagascar. National Vietnam War Veterans Day. National Lemon Chiffon Cake Day. Mm. Cute. Interesting. But it's also Mermaid Day. It says, gear up and celebrate the most famous mythic creature from under the sea. Under the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody said to me one time, (laughs) they were singing it because I said I was looking for something. And they said, look under the seat. (laughs) (laughs) And I just about died. (laughs) Anyway, it's also National Smoke and Mirrors Day. Appreciate the art of magical illusions and be very wary of deceptive practices in daily life. Interesting. I don't know if that's like a pro or a con for me there. I don't know. I Um, mean, if I if I were to work with a a specific deity, I generally don't. But the deity that I feel most tied to, I love Hecate. She's she's my you know, I love her. But if we're being honest and if I were to, you know, there are certain rituals you can do to figure out who your deity is. Wait, are there Loki? We, we we all know it would be Loki. I love I love fucking with people. Pranks are my favorite thing. I've calmed down on them because my husband, um, <laughs> my my husband has a little too much anxiety for the level of prankster that I am. But <laughs> She's the prankster god. I yes. Sure. If I were if I were a deity, I would absolutely be a god of chaos, and Loki would be my my deity. Okay, I, I really want to do this. It sounds like a lot of fun, and I um feel like I have some kind of magnetism towards Artemis. I can see that for very sure. much. But also my day is Monday. My planet is the moon because um, <laughs> we all have something in the solar system. Yeah. As far as planets go. And that's what it is. And and I'm a cancer. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I would love to do some well, kind maybe of ritual we'll, to we'll find do that. out. I don't know what the ritual is. I know there are, I mean, there's different kinds of rituals and I'm sure it probably depends too on what religious connotation you're taking, whether, you know, you're oh, going true. with Nordic or Greek, but there, I'm sure there are neo-pagan rituals that allow you to pull from, you know, just deities in general. And they give you some kind of sign, like what to go towards. Something, and that's yeah. What and I'm sure there's be. interpretation tied to it too. So I'm yeah. sure it's kind of like a, you see what you want to see. And I'm not saying that, no offense, Loki. I'm not saying that that's what I want to see. I would love to see. And I love Hecate and feel a lot of like ties to goddesses that are kind of tied to Hecate. I mean, I think Artemis is one and Athena yeah. and Persephone. But I think if I'm being honest, it would probably be Loki. <laughs> I just, that's, yeah, uh... it's just... Yeah. So, well, I mean, as long as it's a Tom Hiddleston Loki, I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can take me away. <laughs> <laughs> so it, the ritual is not necessarily like the sorting hat. No, I mean, maybe I guess it depends on how like for me, well, like this kind of religion or any religion, like any kind of spirituality is a very intuitive thing and you get what you put into it. And it, it is very much like you find the answer it's a very subconscious kind of thing i would compare any kind of religious deities and i'm sorry if i'm offending any people or deities out there i don't mean this in an offensive way but i think that a lot of religious level of spirituality so i feel like religion is a structured thing around spirituality which is a connection to things that are not defined because spirituality you kind of realize you can't define things but right i think that in a lot of way deities are kind of tulpas so like you uh. you manifest what you expect 
and what you believe, what whatever you believe to be possible and whatever you believe to that you'll be seeing is what you're going to get. So like, obviously, you know, if a skeptic goes into a haunted house, they're not going to experience anything because at the end of the day, you know, this experience is not that they're not legitimate, but they're a manifestation of, you know, you, the capital Y you. So I don't know. That's my, yeah. my thought. Well, it's kind of like the thought around poltergeist is that it's energy from the people living in the house and not necessarily some spirit who's always been there. Yeah. You have all this bad energy, say like, you know, a really pissed off dad and a mom who's like emotionally unavailable and then a shitty teenager and then a crying three-year-old. Yep. And then all of that comes together and all of a sudden your cabinets slam shut. Or <laughs> And you throw in a dash of just susceptibility to believing that that is something that could happen. And yeah you got a poltergeist and yeah. it's like, I think any kind of, not that those things aren't real because they are real experiences and there are real things that are happening. But I think that we have a lot more power when it comes to, that's why like, I'm very terrified to accept the belief of any of these kind of terrifying things, like the idea of demons or whatever. I'm scared to accept the belief of that mm -hmm. because I know as soon as you allow that to exist to you, it's going to exist. And I, yeah, and it's very Don't real for that. you. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to be a horror movie thing and not a real life thing. And whether oh. or not it's just in my imagination or wh whatever you call it, it's not an experience that I want to have. I mean, like part of me is like, ooh, that'd be kind of cool. But then the other part of me is like, I don't want to be scared to turn the lights off. So... Oh man, I used to turn the lights off when I was a teenager and then race across the room to my bed because yep. that's where the light was. Yep. Oh my God. I've tripped. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky the demons didn't snatch me. And this was when I didn't have a door. So I lived in technically the basement of my house. We didn't have a traditional basement. We had a garage underneath the house and it was built into a hillside. So where the hillside part was, where the house went into, that was technically the basement. So my bedroom was underground as a teenager. Yeah. And my sister and I that explains both, a lot. Yeah. We both had, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. My sister and I both had rooms down there. There was a crazy experience with an Ouija board down there. Um, I'll tell you about, but <laughs> my room was down there and it didn't have doors. My dad raised the floor. So it was off the cement and he just did that with wood, put plywood down and carpeting. And then our two rooms, we didn't have doors. We had blankets over the door. Yeah. Because we didn't know what we were going to do with the rooms eventually. So yeah. he didn't want to bother. And I would just run across the room <laughs> in I... order to turn off the lights because they weren't in there. Yeah. The light, oh, yeah. The light was at the door that leads into the garage. So I'd have to turn off the lights and then race across. So when you walked in there, it was like a living space. We had a TV and we would like hang out in there and yeah. play video games and stuff. Yeah. Great memories of that playing Fatal Frame or Project Zero for those that have played the Japanese version. But we would shut the light off from that door and then run across the room. And we would like basically draw straws to figure out who had to turn the light off that yeah. night. <laughs> and we both had separate rooms next to each other. Ugh. You saying that brought this distinct memory of me trying to work out a contraption on how, and I didn't, my light switch was in my bedroom. <laughs> Um, I also I, I, there like was a, a normal person. Yeah, there, there was a point in time where I didn't have a door, but it wasn't for that reason. It was, yeah. I'm pretty sure for slamming reasons. I don't remember the exact <laughs> argument. All I remember, and I'm, I'm pretty sure like most of the reasons I got in trouble as a kid, it wasn't actually something I did. It was something my little brother did, but mm -hmm. he was a much better liar than I was. And I act guilty when I'm accused, Same. even if I'm not guilty. Yeah. So 
uh ipso facto something happens <laughs> door gets slammed my little brother who's a very good liar says i didn't do it and i look guilty the second someone looks at me even though i didn't do it no maybe that's not what happened i'm just saying it happened a lot so i'm gonna say that's what happened <laughs> um either way i had no door for a while but I, my light switch was in my room and i remember, remember trying to contract a way to like jimmy a string or something where i could turn the light <laughs> off without having to, to like while i was safe in my bed just in case you know something came out of the closet or windows or stands to reason you could also use that device to turn it on i think the way it ended up not being effective if i'm remembering correctly but i think the way i had it set up is like you know the light switch is on and i think i had a string that was then tied underneath and like so i pulled on it and it pulled it down but it uh, wouldn't work reversed i could waste hours trying to figure that out yeah. And have a good time, I think. A lot of my childhood was me wasting time trying to figure out how to do things. Usually it wasn't it was not effective or it destroyed something that I got then got in trouble for. <laughs> um yeah. But you know. So speaking of my old scary bedroom that I had, there was a time when we had two black labs. Their names were Denver and Reno. They were sisters from Aww. the same litter. We would always leave them in that area. So in the little living room-ish area before you reach our bedrooms with the door shut. So that way there was nothing that they could destroy or whatever. Because yeah. they literally would go in the garage and eat whatever was on the fucking shelves, yeah. including motor oil. <laughs> so <laughs> they emptied a can one night. Oh my God. Those They could eat anything and they were totally fine. It was ridiculous. But one night we came home and the door into the garage, it was painted like the 90s slate blue color yeah. that was very popular back then. But it had a crisscross pattern through the window so you could see out of it, yeah. which was part of the fear factor for me. Um, and it was like diamond shape. And we look in, the lights are all off. The dogs are barking like crazy facing my bedroom. I fucking hate that shit. I was mortified. And my dad was like, it's probably a mouse. Here's the fucking thing though. I found out not too long ago, mind you, I'm in my early thirties. I found out a couple years ago at a Thanksgiving dinner with my family, the loudest family on the planet at Thanksgiving, <laughs> by the way, we are a very fun group. My dad did believe our house was haunted. He told me, my sister, my ex-stepmother, that's a long story, my little stepsister, and my mom, that we were all crazy. The house was not haunted. So he just gaslit you guys out of a haunted house. He did it out of protection, though, because he didn't want us to be scared to live in our own home. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet, actually. <laughs> kind <laughs> <But> of. <laughs> I was, like, freaking out at this Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. It was such a fun conversation to have with him because we were convinced the house was haunted for years. Yeah. And then he started dishing it and telling us everything he's experienced. So there's some things that sound haunty and then other things that feel like like a glitch in some ways. Yeah. He told me one of the craziest experiences that he had. He was constantly working on the house like he's a really good handyman. Is there something in the air? Ellsworth is he's a fuzzy. Oh, you kind of fuzzy. <laughs> Here, keep it to yourself. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> For those listening, she just like shoved it my way in the air. I don't know what it's doing now and I can't see it. It's, my eyes it's like gone. Shit. I think it's stuck to my sweaty hands. <laughs> Adderall makes my hands very sweaty. It also gives me cotton mouth. And so whoever who listens to episode two, I'm pretty sure that you can just hear me. 
the whole episode and I deeply apologize. I'm going to like just tank the podcast right off the start with my fucking cotton mouth. I think there's a community here for you. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Someone's into it out there. I've seen the Instagram reels. Uh, so he told me that he was working on the house one time and he heard someone drive up our gravel driveway and we have, we had a long driveway. Our house was kind of catty corner to the woods and it was surrounded in a U shape of woods, very tall oak trees and whatever. It's kind of spooky at yeah. night, but he heard someone driving up the gravel driveway, get out of their car or whatever it was, some vehicle and hear the door slam shut all the way to them coming up the sidewalk, walking up the stairs of the porch and knocking on the door. And he would stop what he's doing and he would go, look, fucking nobody there. And it happened multiple times. Yes. There is no way that could have happened. Our driveway is so long, they could have never left in time. And also, he would have heard them drive away. Yeah. Right. And he also, for years, was kind of going a little crazy about it yeah but we i would didn't know well this is a separate thing he could hear music coming from the attic absolutely the fuck not he would go up into the attic look all around what kind of music because this is a very important it, it was as if a radio was playing was it modern day music i don't know i we, don't we need answers i don't know that he knew if it was children's music or old-timey no. music i'm fucking done no i it to him it was as if a radio was playing in the attic so kind of muffled yeah but definitely coming from the ceiling freaky yeah and he never found the source of it it wasn't another radio playing somewhere else in the house at all it would happen when he was home alone oh man yeah and of course there's things that happen to us yeah to like my sister and i and my little stepsister she actually named it she called him the boy nope don't like that well call it fred or something because that's not scary the weird part of that though is she started seeing the boy and she was very little when she like came and moved in with us she was two and started seeing him i believe when she was three her cousin would come over she started talking about him and i don't know if she heard about it from my little sister or not yeah but they would both talk about the boy and when they got older they started calling him the man it's that realization that you're not seeing a boy because you're a little kid yeah. and you're thinking about things differently yeah like a, a very young child versus somebody that's getting a little bit older has a wider vocabulary and you know that it's a man that you're seeing <sighs> and they would always see him in the hallway Mm-mm. like near the bedrooms not a fan fucking weird no don't like that nope don't like it at all Mm-mm. so that's my ghost shit i <laughs> nah, don't i don't like that no. no there's um there's new people living in this house and they have yearly yard sales and i missed the one that they had last year but i'd like to try to go back they normally have it in july because i um they they wanted to talk to me because my little stepsister and my ex-stepmom again long story went there when they had a garage sale and asked if they could come inside and said that they used to live there and told them, well, they asked them, have you seen anything weird? And the people that are there now have said, no, we haven't experienced anything weird, but there's vibes in the house. And also another weird thing, there's drawings in the closet, like my bedroom closet. There's like a drawing of um, Salvador Dali, I think, or no, it's Van Gogh. I'll show you. I'll find the picture and I'll show you. Somebody drew it on the wall in the closet and it's like his death portrait. Whoa. It's very fucking weird. I don't I mean, know. There are things when we moved from my house in, in Memphis or outside of Memphis, 
we experienced things. I don't think it was a haunting. The things my brother and I saw were, were more creature-like than, like, we saw things that kind of fit the way skinwalkers are described, you know, tall, dark figures with the red yeah. eyes. Um, we didn't really experience any, anything in the house, but <laughs> I hope, or at least my, the child me hopes that the current owners are freaked out because before we <laughs> left, I was very upset. I love that house. Um, I would never move back to the area, but if I could take that property and bring it up here, I would. Almost all my dreams take place there. I miss it very Aww. deeply. I've never felt like home since That's we left. Sad. Um, it is like <laughs> a very sore spot for me. I miss it a lot. But when we moved out, we fully moved out when I was 13, but we started moving out when I was 10. Long story. But I went into my closet and on the inside of the walls where no one would think to paint or see, I wrote things like, I will never leave this place and just things to freak Aww. out whoever bought the house because I thought that maybe <laughs> it would keep people from buying it. I also, when we, my parents bought a home that was built in the 1830s here in upstate. Beep. And we haven't really experienced anything super freaky. I have an aunt who's like more sensitive to things. And when she, she refused to stay in the house, they came up to visit and she was like, there is shit in this house. Um, Does she like get vibes about things? Yeah. She was just, she was very freaked out and didn't want to stay Ooh. in the house. I've never gotten any experiences. We did find like when we renovated it, we found things like in the walls, we found newspapers, like talking about Lincoln old stuff it was built That's in the 1830s cool. they used newspaper for insulation very like, that is cool yeah um wow. so when we when we were finishing the walls i would like slide creepy stuff like i hid some dolls in the walls and like weird little notes oh, just to freak yeah. out whoever renovates it next yep. yeah. i i love that idea of hiding weird shit in the walls it's, that would it's be just fun. so fun skeletons fake rats i don't know you 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 can think of some stuff yeah the only weird thing that's in the walls probably around here are the fucking razor drop mirrors in the oh, not the yeah. master bathrooms but yeah. the other bathrooms if you guys don't know what a razor drop is you ever open a sliding glass mirror or well i guess you can you know have ones that just open with an actual door and there's this little slot big enough for like a coin to go through that is a razor drop because back in the day when people would shave, they would take a razor that they needed to dispose of and drop it in the razor drop. It's basically just dropping it behind the fucking sheet. Yeah, rock. There's no way to take this stuff out no. without going through the wall. It's there absolutely isn't. bizarre. No. And they're a bitch to remove. <laughs> yeah. It's so strange. It's very creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, here's that picture. Uh, somebody drew. I'll leave it. No, so who um, on the who, blog. who bought the house after you guys? Is it the people who live there now? No. There was there, someone in between. There was somebody in between. Okay, that's and then good at least. The house was foreclosed for like ten years. Oh, I've saw I have found some freaky shit in foreclosed houses. Oh, I fucking believe it. Like cement and toilets. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sometimes or like they'll t they'll take out like appliances or punch holes in the walls, but like there oh. was a home that it was only foreclosed upon because the owner passed away. And this was a home in a very rural area and it had some really interesting stuff like the wallpaper in the living room was this really it was a velvet wallpaper. Like oh. it was actual velvet and it had these interesting. Like, red velvet roses on it. It was really Weird. cool definitely held a lot of dust yeah um, like i as you can't clean that you can't, shit you can't you can't <laughs> vacuum out a velvet wallpaper no um lots of strange things but there were two things in particular both in the same bedroom there was a bedroom upstairs and the first odd thing was there was a deadbolt on the door but it was on the outside so someone was being locked in the room um and oh then in God. the room there were a bunch of stacks of like children's books comic books stuff like that on the windowsills there were you know when you go to New York City and they put things on the windowsills outside buildings to keep pigeons from landing on them? Yeah. Spikes? Yeah. On the inside, on the windowsills, 
What the fuck? So obviously someone was in that room and not meant to leave. Just freaky. And another thing, (sighs) in order to light the ceiling fixture in this room, this is a very common thing you'll find in older houses. There is a, I call it good old Uncle Joe, meaning someone who doesn't know anything about construction was like, yeah, I can rig that up for you. <laughs> you know an Uncle Joe. Um, and if you're, if you're a realtor, you've come across contraptions rigged by this Uncle Joe. So there was a hole punched in the window, like through the glass and not properly, like just like they broke a hole in the window, um, <laughs> ran a hot live wire through the window outside from the other bedroom to the ceiling fixture super safe <laughs> i don't know if it was functional we didn't want to turn it on no i fucking wouldn't have yeah That's in the, it, so dangerous. this was in the bedroom with the spikes and the deadbolt which That's by weird. the way i would not enter before my clients because if you know as a realtor you do not enter the room first it's a safety thing especially with a room with a double on the outside. Oh, I had no idea. That's why realtors do that. Oh yeah. You let them go in first. Guess what she does because you're wrong. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Not a realtor anymore. (laughs) Just one of the, one of the many hats that I like to wear at some point in my life. But yeah, that that's very scary to think about. You have to think about that. You cannot enter a room before your client there's a lot of things like there there was a guy for fairly recently around here that was going out and seeing homes and just calling different female agents and going out with all of them to see different homes before the word got around and people stopped returning his calls no. because he was like i had a oh another God. realtor who worked in the same agency as me and she went to show a home with this guy and they went into the home and she went in before him he closed the door locked it behind them and then she was very lucky in that another realtor showed up to meet with them. And just, oh my God. you need, like, it is a, a, realtor safety is a very real thing. It is not uncommon for realtors to be murdered, especially female realtors, unfortunately. Like, right. if you check the news, it's, it is a common thing. I think, um, I want to say it was my favorite murder, maybe, I think it was them, that covered the story of a realtor that was killed. Was it by that couple? Yes. Yeah. It was by the, oh, of course you know about yeah. that dog. We had, we had an actual, like, we had a safety meeting talking about what to do in a situation like that and how to prevent it, Fucking basically Christ. not get into that situation. Yeah. That is so scary. There have wow. been, like, I... Well, what do you do? Like, you are in a vulnerable situation. You're kind of a soft target. Yeah, and especially, you know? you're, like, in a rural area, you're going to a place sometimes that's, like, 30 miles outside of the city, often no cell signal, Um, There are things that I would do. I would screenshot their information usually and share it with someone. Sometimes I would take pictures of their plates before I go into a building with them and send it to someone. Even if I don't have a signal, I would send it to them because if, you know, they can't get into my phone and they travel somewhere with it, it sends just to have that information. Yeah. Um, Don't go into rooms before them. Don't go into basements before them. Like you let them go in before you. Don't turn your back to them. Just all sorts of that's uh those are just really good tips in general for everyday shit unfortunately that's shit we got to think about i just saw a tiktok the other day and it was a girl in an uber she was sitting in the back she put her fingers on the window towards the bottom to leave her prints yeah and she pulled pieces of her hair out and left it on the floor yeah that's like and i i like shuddered when i saw that because holy shit i mean you never know leave your dna if you're if you're the kind of person leave who like meets up with dudes that you met on hinge or tiktok or woman it's not like it's only men but you know 
they have more of an advantage when it comes to being aggressive if they want to. You know, it's easier for them. Not saying that men are worse or better than women, but no, you know, leave your DNA around if you can. Drop that hair. Yeah. Always let somebody know where you're going to be. Don't ever go somewhere with a stranger that you never know what could happen. So especially if you're going to go meet them at their home, because it's I feel like it's getting less common to meet people out in the world, especially after pandemic times. Like a lot of people will just be like, well, we can't. Things are closed down. Yeah. Let's go, you know, hang out at your house or in a park or fucking This is a something. horrible thing to admit. I'm married and safe now with someone who wouldn't do this. But <laughs> John the um, there was a time when I was not married, obviously, and I was on Tinder and I met with this guy who ended, I ended up dating for a year and a half. He was a serial cheater, it turned out. But so I met him over Thanksgiving break. We matched over Thanksgiving break and we decided to meet after Thanksgiving. Um, he lived two hours away from where I was uh, currently located, or about an hour and a half. So I drove to the town where he lived or just outside the town. He lived outside of the city, but I lived, I drove to the city closest to where he lived outside of this restaurant where we were going to meet. But mm. It was after Thanksgiving and the restaurant was closed. So I got into his car and he drove me to his house <sighs> and I spent the night. <laughs> and he was, he, he was, there were many <laughs> things to say about him, but he wasn't like a bad, like the, I was completely safe, but like, man, <laughs> I could have been on a missing persons list and no <laughs> one would have had the slightest fucking clue with my car uh, left in a parking lot while I let this man drive me to his house, which was in the boonies. Yeah. Something, um, <laughs> some things you just shouldn't say fuck it about. <laughs> it was on the long list of things where like maybe should have realized at a different point. Like, <laughs> I think we've all gotten ourselves in a sticky situation that we look back later on and we're like yeah that was good thing i survived <laughs> yeah so <laughs> all it took was a slightly creepier person and i would have had a different story <laughs> yeah God. yeah